watch new Survivor. We're stuck in a bad dream. So we're watching an old season with a silly pirate theme. Of course there's a new theme song, but it's as half-assed as our plans. Something, mumbo, something, a word that rhymes with plans. John will make some dumb jokes. Andy likes to yell and curse. Something about some backup host. How could hell be any worse? We'll spend the whole time wishing that our lives were back on track. But until then, it's Pirate Survivor. We can all be glad for that. It's the Purple Rock Whatever. Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, remembering that it's Thursday this week, and I am joined by a very large crowd, one of which is barking right now. Um, Andy, Matt, and Emma, we have a much larger crowd than we had last week, and yet I feel like somehow we're going to end this conversation a lot faster than last week's did. Uh, we'll see. Uh, actually, the crowd is, keeps getting larger. Um, I guess he heard the bark, and hey, how about we get one more in here? Whoa, we got a cool guy showing up. Wow. That's right. Need some entrance music. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll add it in post. Uh, <laughs> look at that. We went and got our haircuts this week. We're ready, and, you know. Um, Everybody got a haircut, except Alex. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get one for the, the dog. It's the beauty of having a short-haired dog. Hey, bud, what did you think of Survivor this week? I yeah, it was, it was fun, wasn't it? Was there uh, something you liked the most? Do you remember? We watched it a few days ago so that it wouldn't get in the way of our Laker time. Um, Did you like when uh, Rupert found uh, the, the part of the spear? Yeah, I think that was your big one. Is he your favorite? He knows, uh, this yes, also is an questions. audio podcast. Just yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, they're cheating themselves because he's serving looks. Um, yes. Is there anything you want to say to the audience? No, I think this Ripping is stuff. Some yeah, oversized yeah. Laker realness happening right now. That's right. I, I, right think the, I think to tie that look together, though, Andy, you got to get him a chain. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and maybe some jorts. He might actually have some. I'm not sure. I mean, I think they issue that along with the tuxedo here in Canada. <laughs> You were wearing shorts. Shorts. Shorts, Christopher. Those are jean shorts. Yeah, no, he wouldn't wear it. He, he doesn't really <laughs> like jeans just yet. That that is kind of like the, the the Canadian bar mitzvah when you start to wear shorts a lot. I'm wearing I wearing a jean jacket today. Oh, that is true. You have a jean jacket for school. You know, another thing that's Canadian bar mitzvahs, actual bar mitzvahs, because we actually do have Jewish people. All right. Um, <laughs> any, any, anything else you want to say? You want to say goodnight? Let's look. I cut myself off from actually saying do you but uh, well, I mean yeah. maybe not this part of it but like <laughs> Toronto um yeah you want to say goodnight to everyone what are you hoping yeah. happens next week on Survivor <laughs> do you want Drake to keep winning the rapper. Thank you for coming yeah, I was on like, oh, uh, the speaking maybe. engagement and Represent the deciding to go on a speaking strike. I'm going to say goodnight. Okay, bud? Goodnight. Well, so, we support labor unions here. You know, Christopher, fight for pay. 
So I was not here last week, and I've been reminded that we are avoiding spoilers until the end of the podcast. Um, so if you did not get to tune in last week, probably because I wasn't here, you realized it wasn't worth your time. We're not doing any spoilers about this until the end of the podcast. We'll give you fair warning when we're going to talk about stuff later in the season because, hey, guess what? This is a rewatch for us. We've seen it before. So first of all, it is a rewatch. How are you guys enjoying the rewatch? Matt, it's your first week too. Let's start with you. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm liking it so far. Pearl Islands is a really good season and it uh, it, it starts off uh, strong. Though last week's episode was much better than this one. Rudy, not the time to bark, buddy. I am paying attention to you. Here's a Matthew, bone. I am very disappointed in you. I asked you how you're enjoying the rewatch so far. This is Pearl Islands. It's the very first appearance of someone that one would think you might have wanted to mention in your answer, but I guess he is not quite the hero that he once was to you. Uh, He's saving it. We have a whole uh, section reserved for this. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I read the outline. I'm saving my, I'm keeping my powder dry. You have to give the people what they want, Matt. Yeah. Right. Well, we got to oh, keep them on the line. We got to hook them, right? So Wait, we're we got them with the silent the child and the dog, and then we got to keep them here <laughs> to get the Matt take. How about, John, how about yourself? You finally um, watched some of it this week. I did. So I'd actually rewatched this a couple years ago. It must have been just before Cambodia, because I remember when Matt and I interviewed Savage, um, I had very recently watched it. So it was right around that time. Um, so it's still as fresh as it would, as you would think it would be in my mind. Uh, there's still some stuff I picked up on that I don't really remember from last time, but I mean, it's a great season. I still love the beginning so much. I'm so disappointed that I wasn't here to talk about the opening to this season, which is just top notch. It's probably one of the best the show's ever had. Yeah, I find like, uh, <laughs> despite what the length in your podcatcher might be saying, there wasn't a lot happening this week, but I'm still really enjoying just like experiencing these people. You know, there's less to talk about about like decisions they make because um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of those. Um, but yeah, even just still, like I, I'm in, I'm in enjoying the experience of just kind of you know, revisiting these people again. And Emma, you're the only one that hasn't weighed in. Tell tell us what you're feeling. Yeah, well, you know, I um, was here last week, so <laughs> but it's because um, I knew what day it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. You know, like you, I've rewatched Pearl Islands before it was a little longer ago than you did but i also have a significantly better memory than you do so um a high bar it's all, yeah indeed um so it's all still you know pretty fresh but i got the husband to watch episode two so Weeks we might in a row. have him real that i heard him laugh several times so might might get to finish out the whole season as well, but you know, playoffs, baseball playoffs could make that a little trickier. But um, that has made it fun. You know, I've never watched Survivor with someone who hasn't really seen Survivor because I've usually just either watched it with my mom or by myself. <laughs> they, you know, briefly, like I got one of my roommates back in the day to watch some of Philippines with me because the pull of Malcolm it is strong um but yeah so that that kind of makes it fun you know seeing people you know kind of learn what what things are you know and and like express like he was like when Sandra was going over I know we'll talk about that but he was like I don't know if she should have done that I'm like yes start having opinions (laughs) join us 
Well, we should probably jump into that because that is one of the things that we wanted to discuss. Um, Sandra going over to the other tribe to take an item from them after winning the challenge. That was part of the reward. Um, they really stick to the pirate theme and they, uh, they had the pirates go loot from the other tribe. Um, and there's a great little preview of that scene where you can see, uh, I think it's Savage and Austin and they're, they're talking about, they expect that it's going to be John. They're like, Oh, what's right. that little, <laughs> like, they, <laughs> well, we assume they mean John, but yes. <laughs> mm. I, I, it's, 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 it's a strong assumption, you know, yeah. with what oh, they said. Yeah. yeah, it is, it is very funny that they don't yet know his name, but they know they hate that guy already. <laughs> <laughs> because it was it was something like he's going to come over here and he's not going to be able to shut up and he's going to take our tarp or something like that. that was it. Okay, it's like, oh yeah, that's that definitely got. Comes. Yeah, yeah, a little vote about that's it. Well, yeah, it could have been better if he called him a little pissant, you know. Um, right. uh, that's reserved for very special people. <laughs> yeah, who would ever say such a terrible, terrible? Thing? It's pretty much the worst thing that you could say. Uh, I love that scene. It was my absolute favorite thing this week. Uh, just the way that Sandra, you know, gave no fucks about what was going on. Uh, but wasn't like rude. You know, she was very polite, but she wasn't going to mess around. She wasn't embarrassed by the task at hand. And uh, honestly, it was even funnier that like she was almost trying to take pity on them, right? Like yep. John did, you know, Fairplay did like suggest take their tarp and they're all like, oh, that's not nice. But they had nothing. There wasn't anything else she could take. She was going to take the a water jug instead. And she's like, Nah, they don't have one. And then they were rude to me. So I'm taking their tarp. <laughs> so my suspicion in watching that scene is that she thought they did have one and they were hiding it from her. And at that point, wow. the switch just flips and she's like, mm, so it's that game. I can see a tarp that's coming with me. And there was also a beautiful moment when they're choosing who they're going to send over to the other tribe. And I think it was Sean nominates Sandra and you can see Sandra's face just light up. She like smiles like, ha it's the role I was born to play. <laughs> it really sets up the later action so much because it is who Sandra is. And you get to see her personality in full in that scene. Yeah. And it was just an extension of what she did last week, right? The way that she was able to skillfully negotiate and get the, what she wanted. Same thing here, only she didn't have to pay anything. And it, yeah, and I love how you know, they think they're being so slick that they're not going to help her. All that means is she might reef on your you know, structure until it falls down, but you're not going to discourage her. She's going to take it. Yeah, yeah um, like I could get the instinct of like, fine, take your tarp, but we're not going to make it easy on you. But they did not think that one through. <laughs> and And the best part is that, as I said, that switch had already flipped with Sandra and she went just full petty. Oh, and yeah. so as she's leaving, having wasted the effort to take down the tarp, which she didn't think she was going to have to do. She's like, sleep tight, y'all. No hard feelings. Just a, <laughs> dig, just a little bit deeper on the way out. Oh, it's such well, a thing of beauty. She also says, she also says, I, I, I stacked them all neatly on the ground so you can put the, all, all the fronts neatly on the ground so you can put them right back on. <laughs> and meanwhile, everyone's just staring at her, just staring daggers as they're sitting in the shelter with no roof anymore. Yeah, and it's easy to imagine somebody else, like, shrinking in that moment, right? Like, it had to have been incredibly uncomfortable, and the loser Morgans are doing their best to, you know, shame her for the role that she's supposed to play due to the fact of their own personal failures. Um, No, not even a second. They're not not phasing her one bit. And I like that she doesn't get, like, you know, outwardly rude about it. She kills them with kindness, while at the same time making it very clear 
you're not bothering me and you're not going to win. <laughs> yeah. Social pressures are not like, a thing you can exert on Sandra. And I think that's the thing that like, if it was someone else, you know, like you could see other people on that tribe that might have backed down from getting that tarp when faced with that kind of just like passive hostility. But no, not Sandra. Sandra's like, no, I'm getting, I'm going to get that tarp now. The, you, you are making me even more uh, interested in getting that tarp. So. Also, there was just nothing else to take. I know. What no, were they going to take, you know? Austin and, like, already gave they... up all his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> For money. That, that's, they could have taken the money that they brought back right. with them to camp because they have a bunch of leftover money. Um, you know, the empty water bottles, that's how they chose to carry water. But you know, other than that, yeah, no, it was uh, uh, like two episodes in already like really underlining. Like it looked bad last week, but we know now without a shadow of a doubt that Morgan got nothing. Like, I don't know what they were doing, just running around, I guess. And I love that we get the confessional from Austin that it's, you know, six-ish days in and he's starting to think like, you know, maybe giving away all my clothes, not the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> I still don't know like, why the boxers already don't fit. Yeah, it's, it's and why amazing. did they say buzzed on the back? Was that a thing in the early 2000s that I was too young to know? Did you not have those? 13-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it makes no... Like, it's awesome. Like, we could talk about it now because yeah, they brought it up like, is that one of the worst decisions made in the history of Survivor? Just like, I'm not going to require clothing for a month. Like it's insane. And it just like it just shows like insane decision making. Like does they just drop somebody in a spot? It's like, ah, I just gotta get naked. Like it's I've never thought about it until like this the rewatch. Because I think, yeah, you know, we know that it yeah, already it's showing that it wasn't a good idea. But, like, I don't know if I can think of anything that it was, like, it's just such a bigger disaster from an immediate decision than I'm going to play this game nearly naked. Yeah, It's I, also I will, funny. I will, oh, sorry, you go. I was just going to say the one thing that's standing out for me on this rewatch, because this is only the second time I've seen this season, is uh, just how big of a train wreck Austin is from the very first second. Yeah. Because the first time I watched, like, you know, I, I don't realize where his story is going. And without spoiling anything, uh, he is a train wreck from moment one. And that's all I'm saying. It's, it's just, it's funny to me, too, um, that, like, the whole clothing thing. Because for someone who's so in tune with his body and knows that he will get pneumonia if he stays home. He will get pneumonia. He, he will, will get pneumonia. He has had it before. He will absolutely get it again. There's no way they pull him. <laughs> <laughs> let you like have pneumonia and die there but um but yeah and it's just like well then maybe buddy you might have wanted to have some clothing it's just like how is that your instinct at all like i get i get the coat like again you should have held on to the coat but i'd be like you know i'm not gonna want to wear a blazer anyway i can get the shoes one at a time is weird but it's like they told me we'd have our sneakers i'm not gonna want to wear dress shoes but the literal thought that i will not need clothes is just the only like if I'm being fair, other than just like an insane decision making process, which is the Occam's razor of this, but maybe he didn't believe it. Maybe he's like, okay, we're doing that now, but they're gonna give us clothes. Like I brought a suitcase full of clothes, and it should be noted, duty free wine, right? Like he was the guy who was rocking that stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was wine, but, you know, two food. bottles. 
I mean, maybe that's why he gave away his clothes. It was all the wine he had. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was still buzzing from the flight. Uh, but I just like it, it's. It really might be the worst decision in the history of Survivor, and there's I, been some doozies. I think the thing that st- sticks with me, though, is why wasn't there instant regret? You know, like, I get that maybe you made a mistake, but why did you not immediately realize that? Why did it take you several days to be like, oh, this could have been a bad decision on my part? Now that Especially, I'm looking, you know, hindsight being 2020. <laughs> Especially because in the thing. first couple of days, his boxers were already falling down. <laughs> yeah honestly like probably just track it like we could do a whole podcast of this decision but it's like track it at who decides to wear ill-fitting underwear on a trip like when you go on vacation don't you generally pack your best pairs like that's kind of you know the ones that are just barely hanging on, on the those stay in the drawer at home but yeah usually when you're packing like a set amount you pick out the best ones and he's just like uh this will do <laughs> Also depends on your definition of best. Depends <laughs> yes. on the vacation. I guess uh, you know. The, yes, maybe not. Depends on the vacation for a lady. Um, but for dudes, <laughs> it's be like oh, the ones that fit best. The ones generally. Um, yeah. So maybe what this time is just like he is, is a terrible decision maker all the way through. And isn't he like an equity trader? Like, does that explain a lot? I don't know anything about money. Yeah, they're <laughs> finance dead. Is that does that? <laughs> Well, again, this is where the sort of thing that, you know, instant regret should kick in, having seen the downward swing of your trajectory. Ooh. Crazy? Or... <laughs> I suppose it depends on your technique. <laughs> so, anyway, moving on. Um, Sandra, as we mentioned, awesome in that scene. So far, from what we've seen of the Drake tribe, is. Who is the MVP in these low, these two episodes that we've seen so far? Who's, who's registering the most with you guys? And Andy, start with you. Uh, for me, it's Sandra, um, both like, you know, from entertainment perspective, but moreover, they are dominating Drake because they're the haves tribe, as Emma pointed out, is one of the possible flaws of doing a season where you have to go out and get your own supplies. They have everything, and they're out there like we see the confessionals. The episode starts, and Morgan is like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. I'm never going to survive this long and all that. And then we cut to Drake, and they're like, good morning. How's everybody doing? And Rupert's like, this is like living in paradise. And it's because they have stuff, and they have stuff because of Sandra. They have plates. They're yeah. eating off of plates. <laughs> to, to be fair, to, to be fair to Rupert, he did make clear that not everyone believes they are in paradise and is as happy as him. Um, but no, I agree with you. That tribe is doing so well because of Sandra this early. And <laughs> there is one added advantage that's not really discussed, and that's that. And Savage did talk about this in our interview with him, so I've noted it going back to rewatch this. Drake got the better beach. They got the area where you could swim and fish and things like that. And you can notice when they show ocean scenes, like their side is much calmer. Rupert, Rupert even mentioned it in this episode that it's, it's a bay. It's like totally calm. <laughs> it's easier to fish there. Morgan and does that's not something that. we've seen in lopsided tribes um, throughout the, you know, throughout the series um, will be like the beach differences having a big effect um i think also 
you know, obviously Sandra, we have discussed, has had a big impact on the tribe. I think it's probably worth mentioning what Rupert is adding um, by doing all that fishing. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's certainly not not nothing. They had a shit ton of chicken to start the season, but now they have a steady supply of protein as well, um, probably helping them in the challenges, which is not something we can probably say of Sandra. But, um, yeah, so who... Who do you guys? Well, and that that also gets to um, another benefit for Sandra is, yes, she did help them get the chicken early on, which maybe that helped them win the first challenge, which also benefits Sandra, who can then sit out challenges because they're up in numbers. Now she can coast. Right. And then, but I mean... They, you know, like, I mean, the other person that stands out is Rupert, you know, at this point. And I think Rupert and, and Sandra are like the two MVPs on that tribe. You know, Rupert, you know, just his strength helps them in challenges and he's fishing, keeps them supplied. And then Sandra, of course, gave them the good start. And between the two of them, that tribe is just like set, you know. And so, so much of their advantages just derive from those two. And it, I mean, it's not just that the, that they're great screen presences, like they are why that, that tribe is winning, in my opinion. So. And then another possible reason they're winning, it makes me wonder if, like, the, like it really stood out this episode, is if they screwed up in the balance. Um, they got, like, three really strong guys to, like, more, like, and then the other, their, their strong guy is Austin, which, well, you know, I suppose I, the show couldn't have, like, that. Savage is obviously really strong, but he's not built like those three, right? Yeah. And then well, Ryan O does not compare to, like, who's his counterpart? Sean it, would be his counterpart yeah, there. Yeah, it's like... Well, I mean, as Savage described them, uh, you got Grizzly Adam and the two hosses over there. Yeah, <laughs> which was honestly my one of my favorite lines this episode. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. The, the, and the early challenges have been very strength-based. You can see so. how they were trying to match them up, and it just didn't quite work. Like, obviously, you know, Skinny Ryan to Johnny Fairplay. You have right. Lil right. to Trish. You have, and then the rest of the women, you know, it's tougher because... I think, I mean, Sandra is probably weaker than both Tijuana and um, Dara. We didn't really see enough of Nicole, but no. And But Krista is strong. Um, yeah, and I think it's probably stronger than they realized. And and um, Trish. They, and they, and they even sat Krista, blue. didn't they? Or did they yeah, say Yeah, because they yeah, had, you the know, it's the... Yeah. Yeah. And then M- Michelle's a pretty easy comp for, like, Dara and um, sure. Tijuana. So that's whatever, but... Yeah, you, but can, while we're you here, can see what they're going for, but Austin just didn't deliver like they thought he would. Yeah, maybe like the thought him. was Austin is like the first draft pick, like he's the right. strongest. So then you give like the next one of like Sean and then you and know, Burton. Good snake. Sexy Burton like, was number two. How well, I was thinking Sean <laughs> then Burton, right? Because I think Burton is like they were probably thinking Burton here, Savage there, right? Yeah, so, I like, mean those are the two comps. Yeah, you see, I I feel like but Savage have, is, is the is, is the Rupert comp actually because he's the mm. smaller but like but older guy comp there, and like dad strength, right? Exactly, not um, gym strength. Austin is pure gym strength, right? Which is which probably is what Sean is. But while we're uh, while we're talking about all these things, uh, I mean, I would have discussed this last week if I'm here, but now I'm here, so we got to talk about how. This season is loaded with the man meat. <laughs> there is like, it's, 
Is this the season with the like greatest disparity between male hotness and female hotness? Because I mean, there is a lot of handsome ass men on this season, not to disparage the women on the season. We don't but... know what they're private. They, they might yeah, be they ass men. The they ass might ass be men. men. We <laughs> yeah, don't know exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what the ass looks like. I mean, let's just assume they're also <laughs> handsome ass men. Um, so, I mean, we already kind of discussed who's <laughs> carrying the loads and freezing on both tribes, but it's just really, if you were to put this cast up there, I feel like those that are interested in men would be like, damn, that's a good cast. I want to watch that season. Less so when you see the, uh, the women, not again, not to disparage the women, just in numbers, the men vastly out, uh, perform them. Uh, yeah, I would have put this on the, the breakdown, but actually Emily and already talked about it last week. Uh, and it's still true. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's the most. Uh, I feel like there was a recent season where, like, basically, you know, there was, like, some women that were okay, but, you know, it was a lot of good-looking guys, but it, it's not jumping off my mind here. It's not where my mind tends to go. Um, but, you know, help us out Where in my comments. mind's trying to go, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe Ghost Island? But Ghost Island has had had a lot some... of attractive people throughout. Maybe yeah, DVG? I think... David vs. Goliath, maybe, or...? Well, I mean, no, Kara, did David so. even have hot no, guys? Yeah, no, that not that one. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is what we should. Anyway, this is the one world was definitely pretty evenly dispersed. Yes, yeah. yes, one world's like yeah. the most attractive cast overall in probably. general. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, and unfortunately, I think most of the attractive men probably went earlier than that of the women. However, Jay right. Byers just like really weighs that average. <laughs> yes, <right>. yes. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, so yeah, I'm gonna it, need a minute. Is, I'm sorry, but it's definitely a thing. Like yeah, and as we pointed out last week, a big part of it is the men like instantly were you know either topless or full ass naked. Um, so you really got to see what they were going with. Whereas the ladies are still wearing like ill fitted dresses and stuff. They haven't yet gone to you know the 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 buff as you know tops and that sort of thing. So yeah, who knows? We'll see how it develops, but. As memory serves, I think that imbalance will still remain. Um, but yeah, just the contrast between the two, I think they really focused. Like, the, not the men and the women. Uh, that's <laughs> are we not uh, going to all share who we think the hottest guys are? <laughs> it's like, yeah, one tribe is amazing, the other tribe is bad. And we pointed out, you know, as I said, I think some of it is because these are physical challenges and you know, that they didn't match those up well. Um, a big storyline reason is Sandra you know, set them up, the other ones. But yeah, I think as John pointed out, this is the thing that we often never really get to know as fans until after the fact. They were thrown one more imbalance of having the crap beach. Um, but it's just like it can't, like, just the, the contrast was stark between the two uh, that, you know, Morgan can't do anything right, right, and Drake is barely having to try at this point. Yeah, this is another reason why I think this is a good season if you're going to introduce younger viewers, because it's got those sort of nice, simple narratives that kids can understand. Like it, you can easily see like who the bad guys are, what the very basic plot lines are. Like, oh, these people have terrible attitudes and they're not trying, so of course they're going to lose because they're miserable. They need to be rah rah, like try harding or like Rupert is. You know, he's a hero. 
<laughs> they listen no, to he's, a pirate. he's a pirate. Yeah. He's a pirate. He's a pirate. Clearly the meant man for the does villains. absorb theme well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but the past two seasons that my kids have watched, they always ended up rooting for two different tribes. Not even coincidentally. Like, I think at first it went that way. And then, uh, like, like Africa, you, you think it'd be pretty hard to root for two different tribes because one of the tribes is just awful. But my older wouldn't let the younger uh, root for like Ethan's tribe. <laughs> I, know I also yeah. found out that Dirty Bastard uh, spoiled himself. He went and looked up on the internet if Ethan won before he even got to it. I know. So he better not have done that this time. I think it's because he couldn't take He told me um, that he just couldn't take another heartbreak like he had with Colby. Um, <laughs> 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 Luckily, he never let on uh, his younger brother, which, you know... Uh, bears out well for the other things that he has can never let his little brother uh, know. Um, but yeah, this this with this season, neither of them can even pretend to root for Morgan. It's just <laughs> uh, I feel like young Matt was rooting for Morgan by now. What, what do you think? When your first time through, Matt, were you were you all on board yet? Oh yeah, definitely. Morgan's the better tribe. Everyone on Morgan is great. I I don't know why people can't root for them. They're all, I mean, it's all no, no. Morgan sucks. You know. Uh, I guess we're gonna. I mean, are we gonna do this now? Are we going to uh, talk? It's near the end, honestly, because I forgot about it until I got to that point. So let's let's do this. This yeah. is what everybody okay. wants to know about. How you loving Andrew? Andrew. Uh, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so my boy Andrew, you know, it, it, it might, it's a rough two episodes for him. You know, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's losing a lot. He's uh, nominated as the leader, but here's the thing about it. His tribe's a bunch of losers. <laughs> he is trying to carry just a motley crew of suck here. And the thing is, they really suck. Like even if like, it's either people who know what they should be doing but no one's going to listen to them because they give nothing else to the tribe or people who, who you think should be helping the tribe, especially in challenges, but who just suck and who like, just, you know, all they want to do is just quit and get out of this game. And yeah, I'm talking about you, Austin. So like, you might be thinking like, Oh, you know, uh, you know, Andrew's real, you know, like he's not, he's not living up. He is by far the best person on that tribe. That tribe stinks. You know, yeah, I mean, a good coach can only do so much with subpar talent. Hey, look, I'm a I, I'm a 76ers fan. You, no, no, I'm just, no, that doesn't quite <laughs> that work. That kind of works. Mismatch talent. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> yeah, I think to me, I always loved Savage. Clearly, not quite as much as you, but he he comes across as just the greatest version of the corporate boss character yes. ever he's like very concerned about the morale of the team and just so much like corporate rah-rah comes through and it's just but still no, like, does not hesitate to make it clear that like, you're probably going to get fired soon, buddy. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. He's just giving it to you straight. You know, he wants you to understand that he's a straight shooter. He's going to let you know where you stand. You got to, <laughs> so you, impro- can- you got to improve those quarterly reports, Ryan, or you're going to get fired. <laughs> right. He's just putting this out there so you can better yourself to become a better employee. The one thing I will say for him is I think in most tribes, uh, Ryan would not have been the first target of the majority of people in that tribe. Um, I think it would have been Lil. And the fact that, and like, I actually think that the reason why Lil is still there 
is because, and you could kind of see this in kind of in some of the, in like a few scenes in the first episode, because like he actually take the time to talk to her and she fit in better than Ryan did. And she did not fit in well with them, but that's how poorly Ryan fit in with them. Like there was a scene where Lil, where, where Lil was like, I talked to Andrew and like, we had a good talk about this. And it was like one scene, but it's also just like, Ryan never says that. Ryan's like, no, I can't talk to any of these people. So I don't so, know. Well, what was up with Coach Andrew uh, leading off the challenge with Ryan? That was like a weird choice, right? Very like, odd choice. Don't or swim type moments. Especially when like... you see that Burton goes twice and then you realize they didn't have to send out Ryan at all. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> Did he talk about this in your your interview with you guys? Did he claim he could swim? Like, like I mean, like, honestly, maybe. So, yeah. I mean, maybe he could swim and he just couldn't dive because right. his and, problem and wasn't the swimming; it was the diving. The skills are different. I think it was when I was watching that. I really remembered speaking of Ghost Island. Someone, unfortunately, you know, years ago, I don't remember the commenter who said it, but pointed out that James James Lim's problem with diving seemed to be like taking a deep big deep breath first because that'd be yeah. some instinct but it's like filling you up with like air so you can't dive down very well which is something i wouldn't have known so like i don't sure. begrudge him um but i'm also not a strong swimmer um and definitely not a good diver but yeah like you could just see because he you know he was behind burton but like you know who among us um but he didn't swim terribly he just couldn't get down Right. And then and then he stayed out there so long that he was tired. So then he swam back slow, which is the other which is just the problem that compounds itself is once you don't do it, just come back because staying out there is you're not going to do it. You're already tired at that point. Yeah. And obviously, Ryan wasn't dealing with an environment that made it, you know, clear to him that you better do it or else. Like, I'm sure he felt comfortable. Accepting his limitations. I could just totally see it though. Just being like some bullshit, like motivational, like I'm going to push him out the boat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we believe in you. You're going to go out there first. And it's like, that's cool and all, but like, maybe you don't like just throw Myers Leonard into the starting lineup in the NBA. (laughs) I mean, that literally might happen next game, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> that's because of injuries come on yes but How like it's you. like you give them a shot but they don't necessarily have to be your starting pitcher oh uh, man it was just so bizarre because like the first person out there has the hardest job in this challenge it's not just yeah. like you know right, because you're you gonna to do the first the lap and we can catch up you're the one supposed to like open the the, the chest right yeah yeah so because I, we saw uh the other ryan go out there second and he was struggling to open the chest so. And I think I think we can determine that Savage is definitely great with the motivation, less so with the personnel management skills. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's if like... I was giving him his quarterly review, this is the area of focus. Your your personnel management needs to improve. Yeah, no, I mean he's the coach you bring in to bring you over the the get you know, the hump to get the title of like the, the the high level talent, but he's not going to elevate. You know, he's he's maybe you know the the Doc Rivers over the Brett Brown. No, actually, wait, no Doc. No, you see, Savage is not a uh, development coach. He doesn't take. He's not good with the young guys that are still growing. You know, a, a bunch of established veterans, that's that's the team that he needs there. He right, can get he them to their peak performance. Doc never plays the young guys. That's what I'm saying. What you guys are looking for, Emily loves this conversation. I know, that's what I'm saying. 
So, you know, let's let's abandon uh, Survivor. Uh, let's talk about the Sixers <laughs> and Doc Rivers. No. <laughs> well, I think we should we should also consider the possibility that I barely know who that is. <laughs> we should it's consider that Danny Ryan knows that he's probably in pretty strong degree of danger if they go to tribal council. And so maybe he overestimated his own abilities and thought like, okay, well, this is something my tribe would respect. If I can actually pull this off, this elevates me because I I can tell from the guys that I'm surrounded by, they're into that. And I think the problem with Skinny Ryan is um, something that is one observation Austin actually made uh, that even though Austin's not doing very well, he's that Ryan's best day doesn't touch Austin's worst day. <laughs> and because they keep talking about Ryan not giving 100% or not giving 110%. And I'm like, I, I think he is. Yeah, it's really not the effort. It's really it's not just, there. His, his 100% isn't as good as other people. And that still, it doesn't mean you can't vote him out because he's trying hard. Like, if he's not helping you win challenges, he's not helping you win challenges. What are you going to yeah. do? But, like, you didn't just call him Skinny Ryan instead of Ryan S for, like, funsies. This is a great preview for our, our updog segment that'll be coming up later. Um, yeah. Hey, I'll yeah, switch topics to the other tribe. Oh, we're finally going to discuss Morgan now, huh? Um, yeah, I mean... Morgan, apart from Savage, um, a bit of a disaster. Savage is really trying to keep the morale up, but bro, I know you have a bad memory, but this is like a whole other. This is the same tribe. I think we're. I thought we were going to talk about Savage and the crappiness of their tribe. Oh shit! I'm looking at the breakdown, and the the next thing said Morgan, so I read Morgan. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, we already covered that. Um, But I'll just do this. Um, So this the other person that was big in this episode, as evidenced by the kid in sunglasses. Kind of, I don't know. Did he actually mention any of this? Um, Rupert. Rupert had a big segment this episode. Were you charmed by Rupert this episode, or were you turned off, or is it both? Uh, Okay, so. I liked how, you know, it, it, the show kind of set up the arc well within the episode. It's Rupert is talking about how the spear point is loose. He is worried about someone else, namely Sean, using it, losing the spear point. Sean, of course, loses the spear point. Rupert gets mad. Rupert goes out. He finds the spear point. It's a nice little contained arc, you know. Um, there were moments there that uh, were not so charming. But, you know, but one of my favorite parts is you know my favorite part of the episode the biggest laugh for me was uh you know he he finds the spear point he holds it up he roars sean's like and and sean's like where'd you find it and rupert goes in the ocean (laughs) why didn't i look there (sighs) so that was was the last place to think to look delightful and I also loved, I also loved, you know, when he's like, Rawr! and, and um, he says to Sean, do, do the others know that I found it? And Sean's like, I think they heard you. <laughs> we got the Rupert Roar. We got a Rupert Roar market. Yeah. First one this season. Um, I will say. Because I felt like the first episode, he was largely just charmed. Like you instantly yes. were able to like, you know, start to attach to this character. We got to know him. Whereas this episode, like he was unnecessary 
necessarily dickish to Sean. Like, I understand the frustration. They set it up, as Matt said. But, like, dude, he didn't do it on purpose. And this isn't your spear, man. Like, you just see, like, the possessive Rupert. This is me. And I'm better at this stuff. And how dare you? And, like, this is just, like, an early little little seasoning of that, not to get too deep into spoilers. I will say that from the casual corner, um, Mr. Emma said that, you know, when I asked after, I was like, okay, so what are your opinions of everyone? Um, And he said, you know, Rupert, very, very charismatic, hard not to like the guy. There you go. He's like clear standout. He likes Sandra. He likes Rupert. And I think he thinks Krista is um, now that Nicole is gone is the most attractive there, which was surprising to me on several levels. None the least of which is that he doesn't typically enjoy blondes. Hmm. And both hmm. of those women are blonde. So he tells you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, we, you guys know all of my celebrity crushes. You think he hasn't heard about it? That's, You've that's discussed fair. This. That's fair. So I, I agree with Matt. The, um, the arc you got there shows it, it kind of depends. It's, it's like your perspective on Rupert determines how you will interpret that scene because on the one hand he's fucking right like he says don't lose the spear tip you're gonna lose the spear tip let me do it i can i'm better at this i won't lose it and then sean loses it and he's pissed now if you're a person that already likes rupert you're thinking like yeah see rupert was right you should have just listened to him if you're a person that is maybe not as charmed by rupert you see like Rupert's being kind of a dick about this. Why is he like that? And it's, it's so funny. The, I can recall the first time watching this season, having been charmed by Rupert in episode one, I was primed to root for him already. So episode two, I'm like, yeah, he was right. He, he was a great fisherman. They should have just let him take care of it. And he should be angry because that's his spear, but it really does totally shape how you view this person's arc. So, so one, thing say, uh, one thing I will say is that, you know, the, the other way to look at it is Sean doesn't come off great here, especially if you, if you are charmed by Rupert, Sean kind of comes off as like a little kid almost like, Oh, whoops. I lost, you know, you told me not to do this thing and I still did it. and I broke it. My bad. No big deal. And it's, you know, he, like, has, like, the little kid guilty face and, like, all that. And Rupert's, like, kind of like the parent around him. And, you know, like, there is a dynamic there that uh, that I think kind of depends on maybe your age, who you uh, side with there. But it definitely is kind of a, like, a kid and a parent and like, Oh, I messed up. And the parents like, no, I really told you not to do this. Why'd you do that? And the answer always is like, I don't know. <laughs> Which is what Sean said. Yeah. <laughs> also, hey, of age, how does it feel to watch this season being met? Like uh, Andrew Savage. Now? I'm not his age yet. He's just closer to my age than anyone else. Uh, but he and Rupert are the same age. So I'm older than Sandra now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Sandra is twenty nine. Wait, are we little age? Is that? Is that... Um, but if, if I can say real quick about about Sean, because something I thought was funny about you know you were saying it's a nicely tight narrative and stuff, and like oh well he didn't do it on purpose. But one thing that is funny, the cameras are very clear to catch Sean carrying the spear by just like dragging the tip yes. on the ground. It's just like. 
<laughs> you can just imagine it loosening and loosening and loosening. So the show had a full arc, full segment, yeah, actually multi-segment, um, about um, a fishing spear. Um, what they didn't really have a lot is strategy. Um, yeah. Do you find, like, we're two, two episodes, not a whole lot of time, but, you know, think of it in modern perspectives. Would you say you've seen anything that classifies as strategy yet? I would say... You know, I'm not saying this is like complex strategy, but I think deciding, do you keep the guy who is motivated to be here, but bad at challenges? Or do you keep the guy who wants to quit, but has potential like physical strengths to offer and has kind of been siding with you in the case of like for Andrew and Rhino? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that is the strategic concern. See, for me, I, I see it like almost like it's an anti-strategy thing. Like they're not even thinking strategically about like what would be better for long-term gun and things more like uh, we got to get the wimpy guy that can't hang with us or rid of us. And it doesn't matter if the other guy is any good at this, if he's contributing at all to us. Um, I like him better, thus he stays. Well, I do think we see a confessional from Andrew saying kind of, um, you know, obviously he goes another way, but kind of thinking about it like, he doesn't want to be here. Like he's, or not even like he's talking about quitting. Like you can't quit. Like this is such a, you know, amazing opportunity and blah, blah, blah. And so I feel like you're just, you're not giving that confessional. If you're not at least like entertaining the notion, but right. But then he goes the other way, right? Yeah. Um, he goes, you know, I'm not saying like that he was entertaining at like 80%, but maybe it was like 30%. Like, I I mean, if he's going to quit anyway, it's not doing you any good to keep him. I mean, I think the person that was more that was almost more interested in keeping him there, even more than Andrew, was like Tawana. Like Tawana heard that, and she was like, "No, Austin's not leaving. I am not allowing that to happen." And like we saw how Austin reacted to her in the first episode. I'm pretty sure that uh, he got talked into staying, and it was probably largely her doing. So. Yeah. And that so, was a that was a really interesting scene too because like they didn't they didn't like highlight it you know but um, mm-hmm. especially those of us in this fandom um, survivor fandom and survivor Twitter like community and stuff there's been a lot of talk about diversity in reality TV and diversity in Survivor and everything like that mm-hmm. and there are unless I'm missing um, somebody I believe there are three people of color on this season and there are only two black people they're both on that tribe and you know she's like and that means you know since Sandra's on the other tribe but every other you know person and so Tion's like you know we need to be in this together like I need you here and that's you know you can tell that's what she's saying to him when she's talking to him even though they're not like underlining it there was some very coded language there that I I think was intended to signal to him like you understand what what we both share that no one else will share if you leave um and i i think that was communicated in that scene and uh yeah yeah it was it was very subtle and i think probably when i first watched this probably didn't pick up on it but now having watched this show for many many years it was something i instantly was like okay yes i see what you're saying and i know that austin is understanding what you're saying 
but you're saying it in a way that's not super evident to most of the audience. There's, I, I can tell you, there's no way in hell I noticed it the first time I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things there. Um, I chunks. totally got the subtext of the scene before they even start talking. Um, I actually found that scene incredibly hard to like understand at all. Like just from like a like an audio production standpoint, and yeah. it was just like that scene was really indicative of like how amateurish they were still were. Maybe not amateurish, just the difference between the level of professionalism. Like I just literally could not hear a lot of what they were saying. The audio was like picking up a lot of the like the the beach and the uh, the waves, and then there was no subtitling. Um, so it's kind of like I, I actually don't know what words are being said. I know. I, I think I had closed captioning on, so I yeah. think yeah. that's why I, caught I had that. captions yeah. on too. And it's like one of those things where if they did that now, they'd be like, "No, get the fuck off the beach. Let's uh, we're gonna get three cameras and we're gonna do this scene for real." <laughs> or they would throw up, up. Or they would throw up captions like they do sometimes when the audio yeah. is not great. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of like, you know, Emma saying that at that point, like when she first saw it, she wouldn't have picked up on it um, because we couldn't really hear. Um, my, my wife started talking and I was like, I mean, they're basically saying, don't leave me here with all these white people. You know? <laughs> um, and then uh, Christopher's like, is that racist? And like, no, son. So we got to talk. Uh, he and I will have to do a little bit more conversation about, yeah, you know, how reverse racism doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> so, you know, they did end up picking up on it, but probably because we spelled it out. Right. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, but I do think that is a strategic decision, going back to Emma's point about whether or not you want to keep the person who's not giving you a lot to be generous at challenges and who doesn't fit in with the rest of the tribe or someone who fits in socially gives you something at challenges, not as much as you hope, but wants to go. And I think at this stage in the game, they made the right decision, especially because early seasons, the, the game's all about numbers. It's still all, you know, it's, it's still all about numbers. And the easiest way to numbers is your free merge tribe. And not only that, I think it's important to note for like a, you know, obviously that was like real cultural context, but like survivor cultural context for people who maybe have watched out of order and that sort of thing. Nobody had ever quit before. That's not a thing that has happened. People, you know, sort of, and, and you kind of see that, you know, for if people have not seen this season, but have seen later seasons, you see that because Austin's not saying quit. He's saying, vote me out. Right, exactly. It's like, he doesn't even really, he can just be like, um, I'm going to, go <laughs> you know and that was a, a thing that happened the season prior to this in uh, amazon uh same deal not, somebody talking about it but not like doing it themselves right. and then it. you know perhaps well, we continue to go it. on and go on um yeah um yeah now actually and this kind of pairs with the first episode maybe it's like tawana is the one person that's had to do a little bit of strategy, you know. Again, yeah. last week she hears that somebody's coming after her. It's not an advanced strategy. Someone's coming after me. Uh, I should get rid of that person. But she right. did kind of make that happen. And then this right, because happened. Nicole was not going to be the first boot otherwise. Yeah. No. But, I mean, again, largely that is Nicole putting herself in the boot line. But, you know, right. I suppose Tawana could have been like, well, you know, live and let live and let's still get rid of the, the dork. But she didn't do that. <laughs> she made a, a better strategic decision. The only other bit of strategy that we kind of saw was um, with fair play. When they're all like, we could use another water jug, he's like, nah, take the tarp because that'll hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely someone that agreed with him. I forget who it was in that conversation, but there was someone who, when he said that, was like, yeah. Probably Sean. (laughs) Probably. It was probably Sean. 
I know it was Rupert specifically that was like, no, don't do that. That's not yes. basically saying like, that's not sporting to take away. Their well, with that, but I think, and I think that definitely, and what we know of Rupert, that feels right. But he also, I think specifically said, we don't need to hurt them. Yeah. And that's true. Cause they don't. Cause they're it's so, true, they're because they're winning really, without hurting them. Yes. Yeah. It is so 100% I can true. see it being like, yes, yeah, sporting, but also like a human thing, just because a tarp is so valuable out there, you know, that it's like, we're already crushing them, man. They don't need right. to like sleep in the rain. And and there was someone else that also that also said like, look, we should think about how they would react to what we take. But right. that that was right at the beginning, and then no one came back to that person again. <laughs> I think that may have been Krista. But let's not uh, revisit that topic. Yeah, that <laughs> like, was a moving on. Because yeah, that is part of, you know, I mentioned earlier how my husband was like, oh, I don't know if that was smart of like Sandra to go over then. So because part of it when she was taking stuff down, he's like, oh, Sandra, I don't know. Aren't you going to have to play with these people? And I was like, right. well, I was like, well, what if what if they'll get voted out for? He's like, but isn't there like a, a mix? You know, because he's seen me watch it. Like, isn't there like a mix or and then they like combine, you know, don't they like swap around? I was like. It really, you know, it can come and go. Like, I'm not going to say what happens this season, but, like, I'll say before this season, there have been swaps. There's also not been swaps. And I'll, like, I was, like, I'm not going to tell you which season, but there was a time. Everybody got, you know, went down to one. So, it's like, crazy, you know, things can happen. But, you know, that also is true. You might end up playing with these people, and they might be, like, that bitch took down our shelter. Right. Yeah, to give you an idea how bad like Morgan already is, it's like only three challenges in. So after the reward, before the immunity challenge, my oldest was like, "Are they going to lose every challenge? What <laughs> happens if somebody loses every challenge?" They're like, funny, you should I ask. Why you're there? <laughs> I understand why you think that. Like, honestly, like obviously you remember that they were not like they struggled early on. I don't remember that they were like just hapless and every aspect yeah watching it i was really like morgan is underrated as a disaster tribe you know yeah well yeah all right so (laughs) a good way to wrap up the episode uh just simple what are we enjoying so far obviously we've talked about different things but like is there like kind of something specifically through two episodes that you're enjoying about this rewatch john um i mean i think it's interesting just to be reminded of how much the show used to care about theme and location that it just really doesn't anymore. I don't know that it's a loss that it doesn't anymore, but it is at least interesting to be reminded of how the show used to be. Um, I mean, the challenges all about the piracy thing, the goes loot from the other tribe, all pirate, the, the themes within the challenge, you got treasure and buried in your camp and, you know, they really lean into it. Um, same thing with the Amazon, the season before they divided the tribes by gender and, you know, they really got way more into certain things in the past than they do now. Now yeah, the like theme is just a, yes. The, the yeah. theme is just a, a thing that you introduce in the first several episodes, just so you have something to talk about and then it's quickly forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually really enjoying the theme from that perspective, the way that they're, like, finding new ways. Because, like, the challenges have been a little different. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and of course, like, the best part... It hasn't of been a episode, single puzzle. Right. What's going on? Um, yeah, I know. Ryan really wishes probably the worst. I mean, because <laughs> yeah, right? he's probably good at puzzles. 
is this something we should probably note that not not every person that was stuffed in a locker knows how like has spatial awareness. Sometimes they I have terrible <laughs> spatial awareness. Like I would be so screwed on Survivor because I'm clearly not very strong. And... Yeah, just like challenge where we need to lift somebody. Challenge where we need to lift. <laughs> like, that's what I'd be like when it's like let's put someone in a barrel. <laughs> be like, let's carry somebody. <laughs> And then they resurrect the food eating, gross food eating challenge. Oh, no. Only the gross food is like mashed potatoes. Um, no. I was like, can't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, I, I've actually found it fun the way that they've been able to incorporate it. And like the best part of this episode is, you know, pirates go steal stuff. And then that led to greatness. So yeah. uh, it actually is working out really well. And, you know, better than, you know, talking about how millennials like to listen to things on vinyl. Oh. How about yourself, Matt? You got anything that you're really enjoying so far besides Andrew? Yeah, I mean, the, the stuff you mentioned, I like the, I like the people on this season. You know, it, it is kind of nice to get a change of pace from the more modern seasons where it is so strategy and gameplay focused. You know, in the early episodes, I, co- I do kind of want to get to know the people. Like, you know, I don't need the really intense strategy right away, especially because I don't think you should be thinking seven steps ahead with the first couple of boots. You know, keep it simple early and then, you know, really go into strategy. You know, try to win some challenges early. That's my philosophy, at least. But and, you know, in recent seasons, that's not what people are doing, um, which is fine. I still find that interesting. But it's nice to kind of get that change of pace. Uh, I I think as we go on, if, you know, if the strategy stays at this level and without spoiling it, I, I won't say whether or not I remember if it does. Uh, but, um, then, then I think I would miss that a bit more, but at the moment, I just kind of like the increased character focus and the, and as you said, like the theme focus. And I like these people generally, some of them I really dislike, but that's also fun in a way. So Emma, give your opinion. Um, yeah, not to, not to belabor the point too much, but seeing it sort of through someone else's fresh eyes is definitely fun. Um, especially for someone who's been, Watching this for 20 years, you know, consistently. Uh, Andy and I have that in common. And, um, yeah, and and also, yeah, the fact that there's, like, even pirating music is, like, hilarious. Um, yes. And just kind of seeing, you know, other other characters. And, yeah, getting getting to see a little more. Um, just seeing how different it is really, really getting to compare and contrast between, like, such a you know season 40 is obviously so modern in so many ways because you have like returning and all of these you know twists we haven't even seen and everything and um it is you know well well when really ranking a season i prefer to talk about watching it originally because that's just like how the show is meant to be watched um it is fun kind of always re-watching and seeing like what little foreshadowing moments are there and stuff like that yeah. Alright, uh, anything else spoiler-free on this episode? Nah, let's move All on. Right. Let's give the people what they want. The updog segment. Oh, sorry, different thing. That's only not. Read that completely. Read the room, Andy. Uh, not what you were referring to and not what they want. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, this was your question. You you came up with it. This is uh, your thing, John. Yeah, I mean the the updog is my baby. So um, I normally devote a good ten minutes a week on writing five ish of these questions. Well, you stopped for the past two. You've just not had those ten minutes. Well, I don't. We've got I don't a have to now. We have, we have a podcast. Exactly. So and he looks so the, hurt. 
We have an audio updog. What could be better than that? All right, so this week's updog, without further ado, what is your crowning athletic achievement? And the reason I ask this is because I know our audience. I know the (laughs) level of athletic achievement that we can expect. And listen, we are not throwing stones because we're all going to answer this. You can approximately expect the same level of answers from us. Yeah, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of what I won the Div 1 championship or anything like that, you know. Yep. We might get, like, a little bit of, like, Pai Mei saying, oh, I was a, a diving champion or something, but actually, I'm not sure if that person's even listening this season. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 go- we're not saying to compete with, like, people with real crowning athletic achievements. We're saying what was your top one? Exactly. You could have been an elementary school kickball champion we want to hear that. If that I was the ha- last time your athleticism shined through. <laughs> I, I have a friend it. who is um, just one year younger than me and still brags about being her fifth grade um, not horse or knockout. One of those. I think fifth grade knockout champion. <laughs> and we're like, cool. And that friend is Emma. Uh, we've got her answer. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Okay. Um, basketball so in- wrestling, right? Yeah, so in high school, I was actually a pretty good wrestler. Um, I won a few smaller tournaments, and I placed in prep school states, which are not public school states, because public school states in Pennsylvania is actually insanely competitive, and I would never have even made it there. That's Wait, like did we know you stuff, went to right? prep school? Yeah, I think so. Um, fancy. You, you know, you I think you knew I went to a private school. But anyway... Um, Anyway, the point is, I placed in states, and I was a pretty good wrestler. So, placed in states is probably that. But uh, the one I'm actually most proud of is in college. My uh, I played broomball with a team, and we won, and we won the championship. And I was the goalie, and I allowed one goal all season. So, and I, we won was the championship. Also prep no, <laughs> but we won the championship on a shootout, and that was like the best part. So that that was actually like the one I'm actually proud about because that was, you know, like then led to a lot of drinking that night with my college friends. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go with the athlete of the group, Emma. Oh, dear. Um, okay. I'm going to guns as you answer, Emma. Okay. I got a stationary <laughs> bike that has, um, what are they called? Resistance bands. Oh. <laughs> so I'm going to get swole. Um, I thought that was the achievement. I did too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hmm, interesting choice here, Emma. No, I'm I just, no, today. I'm just kidding. Um, no, the and honestly, any definition is only because I've always been skinny. Um, the uh, the athletic achievements I'm going to sort of like Matt kind of refer to too because it's fun. And in there was eighth grade rec softball, not on the middle school team, just recreation because I had done it for a couple years as a youth. Then my mom was like, we have an incredibly small child. Let's put her in basketball. And, um, but then I went back to softball. And we were in the champ. We made the championships. And I was not good. <laughs> but I was in the outfield and made a sick double play that, while it wasn't at the end of the game, the coach said after, she's like, that was the play of the game. And when we all, like, signed each other's jerseys, this one girl who was very popular and is now a, like, celebrity hairstylist like wrote was like nice double play so it was like a big thing um the other 
maybe arguably more important, but also much sadder uh, athletic achievement was I was on the high school track team and um, did long jump and triple jump and did this all before I had a growth spurt. So I was like maybe five feet tall at best. And if anyone knows anything about those events, that's a big disadvantage. Um, The track team you did not have to try out for. This was pure resume padding. So I was, but in 10th grade, I was JV MVP because there were very few female triple jumpers. So I always got a point. But, But the big thing was default D yes. or just the points for showing up to the meet because like I used to help yeah basically like you got third yeah. because you were there um right. and the um but the big thing was I spent probably all of freshman year maybe even all of sophomore year I didn't do track senior year which when I actually got average height um but and trying to get to 11 feet on long jump, which anyone who knows anything about long jump, that is not very far. But again, I was so small. And I just, it took forever. And after I think like a year or like, two, you know, I finally got there and that was really exciting. And then like the next meet out of fucking nowhere, I jumped 12-1. Like it took me like forever to get to 11. And then the next day I broke my PR by a foot, which is a big difference, a big leap. Um, Probably wind assisted and she's mostly just hollow bones. So Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Like to, to put it in perspective, I mean, like I'm, I'm five, five now in, when I started high school, I was four ten and a half and 85 pounds. Like this, I was very Hollow small. Bones. Yes. Yeah. Hollow bones. <laughs> it's a bird syndrome. Someone Hollow sneezed bones. and he flew in like an extra foot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a big achievement. And I, I wrote my college admission essay on that, and it worked. <laughs> wow. Very so I'm going to give John's, and it was, uh, he was running laps in the park once, and somebody's like, "Great form," and it was just, <laughs> you know what, you joke. That seriously, I was running with, I was running with someone else at the time (laughs) and we ran by a like high school team out there practicing. And the coach says to the person I'm running with, like, you need to, you know, work your arms a little bit better. But he's like, but you though, you got good form. (laughs) Oh man. The next time you tell that story, I want to be like the coach stopped practice. <laughs> now that everybody around, <laughs> like, excuse me, sir, could you show the team something? Everybody, take a knee. You need to watch this man. Oh, oh also, I, I actually have a story the, similar to that too. Can I just state for the record, really quick, that I know twelve feet is also not impressive. It was just that it was a big difference. I just, I was never good. I just need that to be clear. <laughs> I just, just love that Andy made up a fake story. It turned out that really has <laughs> he happened. Read my notes. <laughs> John has the best brand out of all of us. He is well-defined. <laughs> like, yes. We'd be all like, right, Andy, go ahead. An enjoyable thing you did on the weekend. We'd be like, ah, John was doing his taxes. He'd be like, well, actually. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's important ahead, to get Andy. ahead on this. Um, yeah, so my wife and I play on an intramural slow pitch team. We've been doing that for like 14 years, except for this summer. Uh, we decided to skip out, even though actually the league did end up opening up, but we had already made the decision to like probably not worth uh dying over. Um, and uh, I mean, many years back, not sure if it was pre kids or just post one kid, 
uh, we, we made the championship game in the league, and uh, it's like, uh, we, this is it was the worst, the, the most annoying team in the league we were against. And by annoying, like they were dicks, um, uh, just wreck coed uh, slow pitch, but still managed to be dicks about it. Um, and they ran up the score to the point where in the final inning, and I believe these games are seven innings, uh, they were up by eleven. Uh, we were the home team, and we came back and won. And it was very exciting, um, especially because I think we got down to two outs while we were still down by, like, nine. Um, and we just kept going. Uh, now, one of the reasons why they, this team was dicks is that they would hardly ever swing at anything, which is kind of a bit of a social faux pas in rec league slow pitch. Is like it an taking unwritten rule, Andy? What's that? Is it an unwritten rule? Unwritten rule. rule. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's more like none of us are good. It's more fun to hit things. So most people will swing if it's within range, but not there. They'd sit there with the bat, bat on their shoulder and it'd be a corner. Um, so we had this one. Um, you should have buzzed, under- slow pitch buzzed them. Uh, it happens. I, have a friend. I have one friend that like throws it like the 20 feet in the air that like is the maximum and then comes <laughs> down, but he wasn't able to make it that game. Um, and it's clear. Also another thing is like they all had team uniforms except for one guy who was patrolling center field and like, like had like, you know, gloves and the whole deal. And he was catching everything and hitting bombs. So they brought a ringer in um, to the championship where the reward is t-shirts. Um, was it Daryl Strawberry? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> well, you see, they, they uh, were going to get eight other ringers, but they all had eight separate sergeants. Yeah, it could happen to one, two, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, so we have this one woman on our team. She's really not good. She's my wife's best friend. Um, she's she can't see very well in one eye. Um, she doesn't barely swing or run, um, but she keeps score really well. And, you know, you, I mean, often it's just valuable because if you don't have three ladies, you can't field the team. Uh, so she was up to bat when we were still up down by um, two runs or three runs, three runs at that point. And um, <laughs> she stood there and closed her eyes and took every pitch <laughs> Ball four, uh, after full count, she walks in front of me. Oh, man. Like, uh, and, and, like, we were very, like, yeah, sometimes you give them the close one. Or, like, no, nope, that was ball. That was ball. Because they were the same way. And then they watched me. Um, you know, I actually wanted to swing, but they gave me nothing. Um, my friend hit, hit a home run to tie the game. And then we, you know, the next batter, we also. So, you know, I mean, have I played in higher stakes things? Yes. But coming down back from eleven against such an awful team in like yeah with two runs, um, I'll still tell that story to my kids one day. Awesome. So I had I was also a runner uh, in high school. Wait 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 wait. Oh, right. Was it the form? We never let him tell the real story. <laughs> <laughs> that was story. No no no. That was perfect. We have to move on. No no. No, I got the story, John. <laughs> so anyway, I was also a runner in high school. Um, I was not great. I wasn't also, terrible. I think we made it clear I was decidedly a jumper. <laughs> you I ran hurdles. Anyway, the point is, so I'm running cross country. I run this course and like I ran a minute and a half faster than I had ever run. And I, I was like, I just had the greatest race of my life. I was like, wow, that was amazing. In three miles, I cut off a minute and a half from my time. And then I realized, wow, everybody else 
cut off a whole lot of time as well. Oh, wait, the course was just short. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of like when I ran cross country in high school, Um, this girl girl on our team ended up finishing third place and it was like amazing for her and helped us like, you know, skyrocket to the top. And then when we, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, way to go. It's like, yeah, when they were saying last lap, um, they were saying it to me when I was like passing her because they'd run like the the ladies out early and nobody caught it. So she actually ran one lap shorter than everybody else. <laughs> Whatever you're going to do. Um, actually, the one post note about mine is probably the most satisfying thing and why it's up there is that team. Oh my God, were they pissed when they had lost? They had thought they'd won. They were up by 11 in the final inning. Uh, so th- yeah, that's probably more satisfying than anybody to you know, beat the, the Dick slow pitch team. Um, I think that's all for the uh, non-spoiler section of the podcast. We've covered a lot of the things. But, yes, please let us know in comments that your most crowning athletic achievement, it doesn't have to be an impressive one, as we have demonstrated. And, yes, if one of you wants to say, I won my grade four spelling bee, I'll take it. Um, Because, you know, choosing that tells us all we need to know. Uh, So you can do that in comments on our site. That's that. I Damn it! I'm so excited about the W's that I psyched myself out! That's www.purplerockpodcast.com. Thank you for the voiceover, Emma. We're leaving that in. Welcome in a world where an unnecessary (laughs) podcast covers a season that happened 17 years ago. Aren't they all unnecessary? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, happy podcast day, everyone. Um, We should form an international Purple Rock Day because apparently anything could just have an international day. Um, You can can send us notes on Twitter. The show is at Purple Rock Pod. I got that right this time. I'm at Purple Rock Andy. I'm Purple Rock Emma. Purple Rock John. Purple Rock Matt. And, you know, subscribe all the different places. Watch us on YouTube. All right. We're about to get into spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Leave. Spoiler warning. It's spoiler warning. Hey. How awesome and exciting was it that we got to see the birth of the Sandra sit out bench? Sandra Woo! bench. Sandra <laughs> bench. Sandra bench. My wife actually let out a bit of a yip. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, it's the first time. <laughs> Is that when she remembered that Sandra won? Because she was like, oh, right. she was on the whole winter <laughs> Hey, we can keep talking about her because she's actually avoiding the spoiler sections. Because, yeah, while now she remembers that Sandra won, uh, she doesn't want to be spoiled about future events. Like, yeah, yeah the fact that you know, the very first time she had the opportunity, Sandra sat out. And I, it's, like, it's, I'm it's, down. It's just <laughs> such a full circle, beautiful moment that really, like, shows the unintended, obviously, long-term storytelling power of this series. That she could, you know, start by sitting out and end by piecing out. It's great. Just we're blessed. I mean, I don't know if there's much else to say, but I want to just say it. Um, more importantly, uh, we can kind of get into this now more detail. Um, yeah, Austin obviously quits this uh, yes. season. Oh yeah, the first quitter in the history of Survivor. Um, it, and this episode was, you know, I, very well. Honestly, he? I, didn't, I didn't remember that he started talking about quitting this early on. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I thought he that's... is. He's going to be teasing this for like. Five episodes before he finally pulls that goddamn trigger. Like, but, come know, on, man. <laughs> to give Austin like a modicum of credit, he quits at the best possible moment for that tribe because it's at a situation 
where they're not, you know, it's when Lil comes back and they're not allowed to vote her out. So it keeps that tribe while they go in to the merge from having, like, obviously it doesn't work out for the Morgans, but in theory, like, they... Right, but they didn't they need his strength anymore. Well, not and only they that, they didn't need to make them. a bad, they didn't need to make a difficult decision and alienate yeah. anyone. They, in theory, obviously, again, it didn't work out, but they, in theory, could have gone in Morgan Strong, but you know, you have the disadvantage of having someone you voted out as part of that and already, you know, and the numbers and all of that. But yeah, I think that, you know, that made them not really have to make a choice um, at the time where it would be hardest to. Yeah, I I mean, you know, we were talking about like, what are the things that we're noticing this season? Or, you know, one of the things I'm actually really enjoying is just how much Austin sucks from moment one. Because, like, I just remembered that he quit and that, like, he whined a lot, like, in, like, the final episode. But he is just the biggest baby from, like, minute one. Like, and he is just out there whining and complaining. And, I mean, like, he just encapsulates a lot of the problems with that tribe. And looking at these guys early on, I mean, this tribe early on, I have no idea how they make the comeback they do. Well, no idea. <laughs> you get into it really power quick. Power of momentum, are, baby. I mean, they're given their first victory, and then it kind of goes from there. Um, yeah. yeah, no, like, I, and I think, yeah, we remember that he's the first quitters, remember, but, like, in mo- recent times, we've got, like, we as a site, and I think, you know, as a community, is a lot of been, like, you know, almost like a, a, an apologia for him. Like, dude ended up getting really sick, right? He has staph sure. infections. It's not his fault, but, and, I mean, with the caveat that, of course, the show is editing him to look as terrible as possible because he is the first quitter. Right. But like he sucks. Like he super sucks. <laughs> he does again, it might be the dumbest thing that's ever happened on Survivor. Somebody deciding that I'm not going to need clothes. I know. I know. Right, like it's he's just... in a terrible situation, but the situation is of his own making. Which makes I mean and again last week him thing. running up and down the beach for just absolutely no reason. Just mm-hmm. like all all just the dumb decisions he makes. So. Yeah and then like hey ladies how about you go Sleep with some old dudes, like like he's super. He was more flash some old yeah. dudes, but yeah, um, that makes so, it better. So another moment of foreshadowing, uh, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, was so Savage's line of Grizzly Adams and the two hosses. The you know when when we do go see the other tribe, what do we notice? The two hosses don't get along with like the rest of the tribe, and what leads to the comeback? It's those guys get voted out first, you know, like and. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly when Sean gets voted out, but I think it's first or second on that tribe. And and it's like the spear mm. thing is like good foreshadowing of the coming conflicts between Sean and the rest of that tribe of just like him, like just kind of being a screw up. Yeah, it, it might Burton be Michelle Sean first. Is when Burton yeah. comes back. That's um, right. Oh, you know what? Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't uh, think Sean goes that early. Yeah, but like he uh, goes earlier than you would expect. Right, right. Oh, yeah, actually, I think is Sean the one who goes home when they bring Burton back? That it doesn't matter. We don't need to get I think so. That, yeah. Oh, okay. Find out. I didn't remember the exact boot. Well, yeah. then he would last a while. You'd think they would get rid of him before Trish, but whatever. We'll find out as it yeah, goes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, kind of relating to like the Austin quit, and that's the big story, is. Yeah, and we kind of touched upon it, but now we can talk about it with like the perspective of it from a like a strategical standpoint. Through uh, overall survivor, is it ever a good idea to try and keep that person that clearly wants to quit or is basically given up but hasn't said they want to quit? Now, in modern survivor, a lot of times that person just quits. Yeah. Um. But like, 
should you fight? Because we see it here and it doesn't work out, except in the way that Emma pointed out. At least, you know, he gave them an easy out in what would have been a difficult vote. You see it like with Shamar in like Karamoan. You see oh, it yeah. um, in um, Micronesia. They kept trying to keep um, like Chet around and then he finally yeah. does go. Like that when you like, especially early on, they're like, no, 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 we need you. It's like, I don't know that you do. The move probably is to make amends with the people that are otherwise there. I mean, I, I could see the utility of trying, like, it's like, stay around for this one boot. Let's see if it gets better. Give it a couple more days. But Right, especially so early in the game, because of, like, kind of lame as it is to want to quit that early. It could also be, like, you know, the Holly Hoffman or Kathy Vabrick O'Brien thing, where it's just, like, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? Like, I'm in this, you know, yeah. situation. This is, like, way more than I thought it would be. And you just kind of need that chance to settle in, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, they drag him. I mean, I, I guess the next, the next vote would have been then the last time for a while. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't think his attitude is going to change much by the end of the next episode. So that I think by that point, you got to really have considered it because mm-hmm. I think you might be right. Like, I don't know why you're dragging along this guy who doesn't want to be there. Yeah, like, I think it makes sense maybe early on just to get like a dominant numbers advantage of your alliance within the tribe. But they have that. They don't really need yeah. to keep him going. Yeah, and then like like heroes versus villains, they're like, oh no, we can't get rid of James. Like, so that's so they quit. But clearly somebody that's not going to be long for the game. Uh we gotta keep him around and get rid of Tom. And obviously they got to that point because they played it so poorly with Tom that they're like, we have to get rid of him. But it's like maybe you just make some harmony amongst the people that are there and get rid of the guy who can barely walk, you know, like just like over and over the people like, no, this guy's my number or this person's my number. I need to keep them around even if they don't want to be here. And I think the answer is you got to cut bait and make new plans. And I I say this knowing that the person I referred to before that the season that wanted to quit um, one in Jenna Maraska, but like that didn't, I don't think it helped anybody who convinced Jenna not to quit because, you know, she won and they didn't. Right. But well, the one thing I will say is like, I think at this point, Austin is still helping them in the challenges. Like they're not winning, but I think he's still giving them something there. Maybe. I mean, I don't think he helped them much in the swimming challenge, but they lost that one by so much. Well, he did the, like the pull in the raft, Yeah. Or is that and they were yeah. they oh, were really the close and right, the yeah. immunity challenge, yes. you know, and it just they lost it at the untying. Like, yeah, that was bizarre. That wasn't him. We that was to talk about that at all. That, but that was weird. Like that whole challenge was weird. I was also when we were watching it, like initially, thrown up. I was thinking, um, you know, the people who are tied up, and I was like. Oh, I wonder if it would have been smart to have Lil be the one there because as a Boy Scout, like a troop leader, she's probably really good with knots, right? But then Savage got out of that real quick, and I was like, "Oh, right, he knows." Well, and and and, and, and the thing was before. given to Lil, and the thing was given to Lil to untie when they got back, and she was That's the one that couldn't untie it. So that yeah. was like, yeah, like. You know, I've seen people lose challenges that start physical, and then it's like a puzzle. But just opening the coordinates. Yeah, like, because yeah, right, because was, they right because Jeff even remarked that they're oh you know uh, they're way ahead, and then the suddenly thing. they're not watching watching that live. Um, Mr. Emma Volkanet was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> like, <laughs> he was just horrified. <laughs> like, how did that happen? It's like they suck. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> they suck. They suck. So, 
Yeah, yeah. well, I guess uh, so. You could argue that it ends up being okay with uh, Austin because really they just lose the one more. But you know, they could have just let him go and not pissed off Lil, and <laughs> Lil is the one that ends up back right now. That's true. There's no way. They what would have been what would have been interesting was if Austin went. Uh, you think Austin would be voted back in? Like he gets some food in him because, like, let's be honest, those outcasts were getting food. Would he they get even? Some food? Well, I guess he would have been voted because I guess it would. Yeah, he like voted out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then would he be coming back? And uh, I'm willing to say that no, Austin wouldn't have charmed people enough to be like well, probably <laughs> not. Probably not. I'm just wondering now. I'm actually well, interested. Like we've better. heard Lil wasn't charming people. <laughs> oh, that thing, you know, I mean. uh, so uh, yeah, it, although maybe he would have been medevaced. It's hard to say uh, because yes, the postscript is that he did have like what two, three staph infections or something. Right, like, but we don't really know when those when that occurred. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, interesting foreshadowing for you in this episode, John? I mean. The only thing that I cared about was the next time on Survivor because I uh, get one of the all-time classic moments in the history of the series. Sandra. It's actually funny because you know, as that was starting to play, my wife was still kind of talking about like something I'd said earlier. It's like you're right, Sandra really did handle that without like you know trash talking or anything. She's really calm, and then oh, but she will. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> when I was like asking for opinions, I was like, "Has your winner pick changed? Like, who do you think will be voted out next? How's your winner pick changed? Uh, by the way, who do you think will be voted out next?" He says, "Will." And I'm like, and he's like you know Winnipeg, like, I still think Sandra he's like she just you know she seems very level headed and it's like next time on Survivor I don't think this is a spoiler to say because like this happens to people who don't win like that that is one of the most iconic like things yeah. people still quote it and then I also shared that I will always wag my finger in your face you know just sharing things but um Oh, yeah, I mean, on the topic of spoilers, uh, you probably everybody has figured it out that will be the image for next week's podcast. Uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, just okay. just the picture of Sander with the ar- arms wide open. What the fuck? <laughs> that's us. Maybe that's how we have to sign off. Like, uh, I I wonder if people who haven't seen ahead know who she's talking to in that scene because I don't think you can actually see the person but it's also very obvious who it you is you should know oh do they okay I, I yeah honestly that's how you guys should respond to me when I keep interrupting <laughs> oh my god yeah how have I never done that during the podcast that's embarrassing I you just roll your eyes uh, you know and... pretend to text yeah, <laughs> right. um all right. Uh, well, since we can't sign off with that uh, this week because we really don't want to look too far ahead and you know spoil the moment for next week. Uh, anything else uh, for this week? That's uh, weird. Hit the music. What was, what was that website that we have again, Andy? <laughs> Go there. So close. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those of you not watching on YouTube, here's some music. <laughs>